Well, good morning, everyone. So glad to be with you guys and honestly a privilege to be able to um, jump in on the series on Just One. Um, in the last couple of weeks, I couldn't help but be thinking about um, the privilege that we have, how kind our God is to us, how loving, how amazing he is, and actually would want to partner with us in seeing transformation in the lives of other people. Uh, isn't that amazing that he would do that, that he could do it any way he wants, but he wants to use us to be involved and to see transformation take place in the lives of many people. Um, and it's truly a blessing. Well, as I said, I, I get to jump into just one, uh, really excited about that. Um, the, the week that Greg spoke, um, he gave us the call to have an opportunity to make disciples, to join together uh, based on a prophetic word and what the Lord was saying to our church to join just one and to be used by God to disciple one, to love one, to share the gospel with somebody. And then last week, uh, oh, before I say it, one of the things that really jumped out at me that, that Greg spoke of is he, in talking about the, um, the prodigal son, he made mention about how we serve a God as a father who looks to the horizon looking for the one. And I was really struck because when I think about that, when he saw him from a far distance, to be seeing something that far away, it's because he spent that time looking. How many days, how, how much time, it, it's, he just spent that time looking. I, I, I can only imagine there were times when there was something in the distance and he thought, oh my gosh, there he is, you know, and maybe started running halfway and said, oh, no, that's, that's not him. And the father went back and what an amazing God we have that, that leaves the 99 for the one. And then last week, Tyler was talking about the how. You know, how do we do this in just one? And, and just a couple things about that. You know, one of the things he said is to be like Jesus in making room. You know, create space uh, for people. And then also, just as Jesus did, for us to tell our story. And you know, I think that for me, it, it helps unfold the difficulty of it. It's an amazing thing that we get to do is to share the gospel with other people, but it's really to share our transformation experience. It's for us to share our story of what the Lord has done in our life. Well, today I get to talk about the who. Who is the just one? How do we find that? How do we partner with God in this amazing thing that he's put before us in this adventure to see many people's life transformed? I know if you're here this morning and you were a just one at one point and someone led you to the Lord, man, I'm so grateful uh, for the person who led me to the Lord and I'm sure you are as well to have that opportunity to see Jesus in a new light to understand who he is and what he did, that he paid for all of my sins and he made a way for me to have relationship, for what he finished on the cross uh, so that I could be transformed and, and the old is gone and, and the new has come. That's an amazing thing. So I wanna jump right into to just one as we're talking about this and I want us to start in Acts 8 and we're starting in verse 26 and I'm gonna read the story that Philip went through um, and uh, so you can follow along, it's gonna be up on the screen or feel free um, to turn there, but it's verse 26. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, which means the queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go 
go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. This is the, message, the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot. They bo then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And we're gonna stop there. I love in verse 35, he says, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news. Began to share with him the good news. I love this passage because we get to see this whole adventure take place with Philip, where the Lord speaks to him and says, hey, go do this and go do that. And he gives him you know, uh, some encouragement and, and he listens and then he's standing next to the chariot, the guy's reading and he clues into what's happening. And he goes, hey, what do, you, do you understand what you're reading? He goes, no, I don't. Imagine someone being right here, jump in my chariot and share with me what this means. And so then he starts from that passage and he tells him the good news of the gospel. And it ends with him saying, hey, there's some water right there. You spoke about being baptized. Can we, is there any reason I can't do that right now? I said, no, let's do that. And so he gets, gets baptized. So we get to hear Philip's encounter being with the Ethiopian and that was, that was his just, just one. So I wanna, out of this, I wanna take four points this morning just to describe what it means for us to find the one. What does this look like from a practical perspective? So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first one is be led. In being led, I think it's important for us to look to be led and then to lean into it. You know, the first bit of information is given is it says, Philip was led by the angel of the Lord in verse 26 to, to go to the road that leads to Gaza. And then in verse 29, the spirit urged him to stand by the chariot. Now, we don't know what the angel appeared right in front of him and said, go do this, or if it was in a dream or a vision. We're not sure how, but we know that he was told, he was led to go down to this des desert road. It would be as if an angel appeared to you and said, go down 85 from Atlanta to LaGrange. 50 miles. In walking, that's 17 hours of walking that Philip was encouraged to do. Didn't know what part of the 50 miles this was gonna come up. Uh, didn't know, but he left at one point and he went down the road that led to Gaza. And along the way, he gets to see, he gets inspired, you know, the spirit tells him, hey, go stand by this chariot. So he goes and the rest unfolds. See, one of the things I love about being led is the Lord speaks to us in so many different ways. And he speaks to us in a way so that we can understand. Sometimes it is a dream, sometimes it is a vision, sometimes it's a still small voice, maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's a circumstance. Maybe it's a vision we get, but along the way, the Lord reveals to us his plan and his purpose, and that's why I say it's so important for us to lean into that. You know, we have it on record in Scripture 
We have an open promise to ask, seek, and knock in Matthew 7. Verses seven through nine, it says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, who's everyone? That's all of us, right? We're everyone. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open to us. And so we have this open promise to ask, seek, and to knock, to ask the Lord, would you lead us in this great adventure? Would you help me find somebody, Lord? Because the coolest thing about this is each one of us have a different sphere. We run into different people. We're uniquely gifted and created by God. So each one of us is gonna be able to reach out to a different group of people, right? And so it's important for us to then go to the one who's leading us and say, hey, where, where would you want me to go? And, and what does this look like? And maybe he sends us on a desert road that leads to Gaza. Maybe we're on the Marta and he asks, encourages us to talk to somebody. Maybe it's someone we know really well, or maybe it's someone that we haven't met at all. I have this thing where I love to start up conversations with people. So we get in uh, recently on a trip, Michelle and I got in a, an Uber ride and we sat down and she pointed out that he had a Uganda flag right in the front of his car sitting there. And since I've been to Uganda several times, we have, and um, fond of uh, Daniel Kagwa, I, I said, oh, Uganda. And he said, yeah. And I mean, it was very professional. It was quiet. Get in the car, open the door, let me grab your luggage, boom. Everything was nice. And then I said, oh, you're from Uganda. And he said, yes. And I said, I've been there. You've been to Uganda. And he gets excited. Now the whole conversation opens up for us to communicate, for me to love, for me to appreciate what he's doing and just see where the Lord takes it. I love starting up conversations with people because it's an opportunity for me to lean into what maybe the Lord may be showing to us, maybe revealing to us. So we need to be led. We need to lean into that being led part. The second thing is to be open. We need to be open, and what I like to say is this, look for the highlighted areas. I feel like throughout my day, or God will highlight something, and a highlight isn't like I see a yellow glow around somebody or something. It's not that kind of highlight, but I just feel like the Lord's like sticking something out there. Like for, for us, it was the Uganda flag that was sitting there, and, and it opened a conversation. But I try to look, what is the Lord trying to show me? Because I love the partnership that he includes us into. So Philip goes from this whole thing from go to the road, then he gets near the chariot, then he hears him reading scripture, and then he says, do you understand? He shares the gospel and the guy receives and he gets baptized. What an amazing thing. And so for me, when I'm being open, I'm looking for the highlights that the Lord is doing. So there's one time when I lived in California uh, up in the Sacramento area, I was teaching a class on evangelism. And one of the ways at that point that, am I still here? Oh, sorry. One of the ways that, am I still here? Did I vanish? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the one part I left out about Philip. He baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, came up, and Philip was gone, and then he showed up someplace else. So I thought maybe that just happened all of a sudden. <laughs> but I remember we were in Sacramento, and I had the opportunity to teach a class on evangelism. And it was our second day in class, and I thought, let's have some fun. So we piled in a van, I gave everybody a clipboard, I gave them 10 Starbucks gift cards, and I go, let's go see if we can lead some people to Jesus. And you wanna talk about big eyes. Because we didn't talk about this, we didn't, we just went. 
And so a lot of people were nervous. What if I don't know what to say? How do I do this? I said, we're gonna do it really simple. You're just gonna ask these series of four or five questions. It's just one way of doing evangelism. And then when you get to the last one, just let it be a part of discussion. So it happened to be like around November or so, and so we were asking questions like, how many reindeer can you name? Um, it's funny some of the names that people come up with for, for reindeer that aren't the names of the reindeer, but that's, that's another topic. <laughs> but so we just asked them through, and then the last one was a simple question is, hey, if, if there was a way for you to know that you could make it to heaven, that there was someone that made a way for you, would you be interested in knowing about that? So everyone who was a little bit weird, you know, afraid and I've never done this and we took them through that, we got to see a bunch of people give their life to Christ. And what was more fun is when we were driving home, these people that were like, Tom just tricked us, we're stuck in a van, what are we gonna do now? Turned into, when can we do that again? Because of the simplicity in what we did. And again, that was just one, one way. But I remember specifically as this class was down there and I was just there to help them out and I met a man, his name was Mark, a young man, and um, Mark came up and asked for help. And so I, I just said, well, what kind of help do you need? And he actually began to list off, you know, I'm homeless, I don't have a place to live, I'm really down and out, I can't get a job because of all of these things. And as he was sharing with me his story, I felt the Lord prompt me to give him some money. And so, it, it, not a lot, I just... I had $10 cash on me, and so when I was getting ready to give it to him, I, I felt like the Lord said, extend an invitation to him. That's all the Lord said. So I said, look, I've got $10 cash in my pocket, and I'm gonna give this to you, and you can get food, some of those other things, that's all I have right now, but you can get whatever you want, or you can use this to meet me back at the church I work at, and I gave him my business card. And I said, if you get there, then I'll look to get you a job, we'll get you all the other things you said, we'll look to see what we can do. Now, I had actually made that offer to people before and no one took me up on it, but for some reason with Mark, it was something different. So I handed it to him and then we went on our day. And I remember we were getting back, heading back to uh, the church, I didn't see him there anymore and I thought, oh, I was just gonna go up and say one more thing. Who do you think was waiting at the church when I pulled up? Mark. He chose not to eat. He didn't use it for anything else, but he said, there's an opportunity, I'm gonna take it. So now, I'm sitting there going, oh, what do I do with Mark? You know, so I said, are you hungry? He said, yes, so we got something to eat. So we just started making phone calls. I found someone that had some extra clothes and they fit him, and so we got him some clothes. We put him up in the hotel, and I said, look, I will continue to pay for you to stay in this hotel as long as you work every day, and we set out some stuff, and he said, okay, I'll do it. Where, where do I get a job? And we couldn't find anything, so I said, well, I've got some work at my house. So he came to my house and did some stuff, and then to another house, and to another house, and without making this super long, Mark ended up radically changing his life around. Gave his life to Jesus, got rid of a lot of things that he was a part of, and the last time I spoke to Mark, he was married, he had two kids, and he was a youth pastor in a different part of California. I was, he just, he called one time and said, man, I just gotta tell you what's happened as a result of that. That's amazing. We, we've, we've gotta be open. You know, we, I didn't know Mark. So when he's working at our house, he could have stole stuff, he could have done all this stuff. I mean, we just kept being led by the Lord and being open to what it was. 
and massive transformation took place in Mark's life. It was, it was amazing. So we gotta be open. I'm, and again, I, I wanna be careful. There's not, there's no, there's no wrong way to love someone and share the gospel. Do you know that? I mean, I guess if you held him down with a stick or something and said, hey, receive Jesus, you know, that'd be the wrong way. But hopefully you know what I mean. There's no wrong way. There's just a way. And what I have found is be led, be open. Let it be you. We're, we're gonna be different in the way that we do it. And that's totally good. It's actually great. That's how we get to reach different people. If you do it exactly like I do, it's probably gonna be a little difficult because I'm me. I can't be everyone else, right? Everyone else is taken. I can only be me. So let my gifting, the way I am, the way I talk, the things I do, be that vessel that God gets to use to see other people go through transformation. And you get to do the same thing, just the way you are. So let's be open. Number three, be aware. And I know this is one of Tyler's points. I didn't steal it. I already had it down. Actually, I told him about it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's not in here, so I can say that. <laughs> oh, Nicole, sorry. <laughs> so um, <laughs> be aware. And what I mean by that is look for the opportunity. I I'm telling you, when you start to look for opportunities, it feels like we went from a world where nothing was highlighted to everything is highlighted. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's all this opportunity. Maybe you're not actually getting gas because your car needs gas. Maybe the Lord sent you there because there's somebody there that he wants you to love or he wants you to share the good news. Maybe you're not at that coffee shop just because they make really good coffee. Maybe there's somebody that's there. Maybe you're not at the job you're at. Maybe you're not at the restaurant you're at. Maybe you're not having that gathering or meeting somebody just for the sake of doing that. Maybe the Lord's got something else, a divine appointment or something that he wants to bring you into because we're in this partnership with him. Maybe the, your neighbors that just moved in didn't just move in because it's a really nice house. Maybe the Lord's got something else. I, I, I might have shared this before, but I, I remember one time I was meeting the gentleman in a, uh, a restaurant. We were eating lunch and he was, we were talking through some scripture and he was sharing some struggles he was having and uh, this sounds so bad. I was really trying to listen to him, but I was really distracted by something that was going on behind, right behind him over his shoulder. And I kept trying to move in my seat so that it would block what was happening, but then the situation would move so I could see it again. And all I heard my friend, he's probably crying, and he's like, man, and all I heard was wah, 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 you know. The Lord's highlighting the situation. So I said, can, can you just hang on for one second? And he said, yeah, and... So I, I, I said, I walked over and there's a woman sitting there who was crying and I said, Are you, is everything okay? And she goes, no, everything's the opposite of okay. And so I said, what's going on? And she was just sharing just a difficult situation she was in. And as I'm talking with her, there's two little kids playing in, in like a fun zone and they keep coming over and knocking on the window and looking at their mom and waving and she smiles and they're happy playing. And I'm like, She's telling me this story of all these things that happened, and I'm like, these kids have no idea, they're happy. And I said, well, is there anything I can do for you? And she said, well, could you pray for me? And so I prayed for her. And then I invited her, I said, I, I don't know, because she said she was just passing through. So I said, I don't know if you're gonna be here on Sunday or not, but our church is right down the street. Love to have you, I gave her a card just to invite her. 
And uh, she said, well, we're supposed to leave today, but if for some reason we stay, we'll, we'll come. And I said, oh, that'd be wonderful. So I actually went to church going, oh, she's going to come. The Lord's orchestrating this now. Service starts. She's not there. We get into worship. She's not there. And I thought, oh, that's a bummer. And so I stopped paying attention. And then at some point I looked and there she was sitting with her kids. And so when the service came to a close and they gave the opportunity to receive Jesus, she put her hand up. She received Jesus. I went up and congratulated her at the end and I never saw her again to this day. We, we, we don't always know the impact that we're gonna have from a simple invitation. Or can I pray for you? Or is there anything I can do for you? All, all of these things. There's a softball term we use called have your head on a swivel. So I coach softball. And um, a lot of times I coach either third or first base. And anytime the, the base runners are there and we tell them, hey, have your head on a swivel. Because it's great to get a good jump, but if someone hits a fly ball and you don't get back to the base, you're gonna be out. So it's a way that we tell the girls, hey, you gotta be looking everywhere. Don't, you gotta watch the ball, watch where it goes. If it's a line drive, you gotta dive back. But to, instead of saying all those things, we say, hey, keep your head on a, on a swivel. Or if it's, a, it's, it's gonna be a one moment situation, we always say, hey, big eyes, big eyes. We just go like this. It's funny how God uses the furnishings of your life to speak to you, right? So many softball analogies for me. But the reason we do that is so that we can grab their attention, they remember what we taught them. A lot of times, I feel like the Lord's going, hey Tom, keep your head on a swivel. I'm walking through a, a scenario and I'm like, okay, what are you trying to show me? Hey Tom, big eyes, big eyes, Tom. I'm like, okay, I'm looking, where's the highlight, where's this? Look for the opportunity, be aware, because I guarantee it's all around you, all around you. So the last one is to be confident. So be led, be open, be aware, and be confident. Because we have to remember that he is always with us. He'd never leave us nor forsake us, right? It started with being led. I have found that when the Lord leads me in this way, he guides me through the whole process just like he did Philip. I've never been in a situation where the Lord goes, angels, come here, come here, come here, come here, gather around, watch, watch this. Tom, go here. Well, you always do. No, 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 watch this, watch this. Tom, draw near this situation. Okay, watch, I'm not gonna say anything. Watch what he does. Look, look, he's freaking out, he's freaking out. God never puts me in that position. And he's not gonna put you in that position. Now, if I was God, <laughs> but praise God I'm not, right? So we don't have to worry about that. Whatever he starts, whatever he begins to lead us in, he's gonna take us through the whole thing. You might not always know what the end is. There's people that I've talked with and shared with and, and loved on, and I never know what happened. I don't need to see the outcome or know what happened. I just gotta walk through the peace that God wants me to. Because I don't know the next person that's coming along that's gonna pick it up. It's like a baton race. Maybe I just get one quarter of the race and then I hand it off to somebody else. Four people down, they're gonna cross the finish line. I'm okay with that. Because as long as I'm being led and I'm open, I'm being aware and I'm confident of realizing that it's God who's leading this thing, man, it, it flips it back around for, for me to do it again. Confidence is an amazing thing. When we have confidence, there's this assurity to go, hey, let's do this. When I have confidence, I'll face opposition in a storm that comes in my way. Have you, look, I think we've all done this. I've done this before where the Lord says, hey, why don't you go do this? 
and he, and he shares something with us. And I'll give you an example. There was, there was a time when I was driving by and I saw a man walking and I felt this is a long time ago. I mean like way long, like two days ago. And um, no, I'm just kidding. It was a long time ago. And uh, I was walking. I felt like the Lord said to pull over and talk to that guy. So I pulled over, uh, but I, I kind of waffled back and forth. You know, this guy's going to think I'm crazy, right? Instead of being led, I became a little bit, you know, um, argumentative, <laughs> trying to pull apart. Why? Because I didn't have confidence. I didn't know if this is, oh, this, that. You know what the best way sometimes is to find out if it's the Lord leading you or not? Step out in faith. Step out in faith. If it has in its foundation love and a concern for somebody else, and I'm wanting to be led by the Lord, I'm telling you that it's gonna work out well. Because it's, it's, it's coming from the foundation of love. So we need to be confident. So in kind of closing, because I'm running out of time, but I wanna share with you some stories that I found in the Bible. This isn't all of them, it's just some where other people in scripture found their just one, if I can use that term. Where certain people in a situation, just like I did with Philip and the Ethiopian, they also did that. Let's start with this. What about Jesus and the woman at the well, right? Jesus is tired, it says, from a long journey, and then he sat at the well and his disciples went to go get some food, food and drink. And a woman approached and Jesus said, hey, could you pour a drink for me? He has a conversation with this, with this woman. She learns who he is. He shares words of knowledge with her. And she's so impacted by this that she goes back to the city in which she came. And she says to the whole town, come meet the one that told me everything about my life. And the scripture says many came because of the testimony of that woman. Many people came to Jesus. Here's another thing. I have found that behind the transformation of just one person, seems to always turn in to many. It opens a door. Might not be for me, but I'm telling you, Mark, who I shared, the, the guy that started off homeless, he ends up getting married, has two kids. He gets a job as a youth pastor and starts leading people to Jesus and always continues to have a heart for the less fortunate. I didn't know that when I gave him $10 and said, hey, use this however you feel led, but if you get to our church, we'll help you. I didn't realize it meant that he was gonna come in my home, actually stay in my home with my family. I, I didn't realize I would have to be the one to pro provide some of the work. I didn't know all of that, but it's being led and being open to those things that we talked about. So Jesus is doing the same thing in this. The guys go get food, he sits at the well, a woman comes up, there's a conversation that happens. She finds out who Jesus is, and then it ends up changing the town where many people come to know him because of that. The woman at the well was Jesus's just one that day. What about the jailer and Paul? Paul and Silas are in prison, they're singing, and then a great earthquake happens so big that the prison doors fly open. I've been involved in some earthquakes before. Anybody else? You know, Northridge, Southern California, that's where I grew up. There's some crazy earthquakes that I've been in, but all of the ones that I've been in, no, no matter how big they were, none of them were so great that it busted doors open. So Paul and Silas are worshiping, and everyone's listening to them, and then this massive earthquake happens. The doors get open, 
And the jailer goes to kill himself because he realizes, I'm gonna get in so much trouble for all these prisoners getting out. And Paul shouts. He shouts to him, and he, and he says, uh, shouts, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And he calls for the lights, and then looks around, and everyone is there. And his response is this, what do I need to do to be saved? Because the guy was listening to the worship. The guy was listening. And then, again, like I said before, it seems like every transformation of just one turns into a many. It wasn't just him, but it was also him and his household. That day, the jailer was Paul's one. What about Cornelius and Peter? Greg mentioned this earlier. This is out of Acts 10. Peter basically was led by a dream. Then two men showed up. Even though it was against the Jewish law because they were Gentiles, he went with them, went into the home of Cornelius, shared the good news with them, and they were all saved, according to Scripture. Lord had to do some work on Peter because I can't touch anything unclean. So he showed unclean animals and said, Peter, go ahead and eat. And he goes, no, I've never done that. And then the two men knock. And later he says he realizes he goes into a Gentile house because it was against law. It was against Jewish law for them to go into the Gentiles' home. And he goes and shares the gospel. And him and his whole family get saved. Cornelius was Peter's one. And the thing that I love is all of these were done in some in a little bit of a different fashion. Jesus just happened to be at the well and a woman came up. Paul was arrested and they were singing. There's so many, I mean, he could have, I, sometimes I go, with the doors broke open, when I didn't go, look, the Lord freed us. Come on, everyone. Jailbreak. You know, I'll run out. That, I can't be the only one that makes sense to. Yeah. Right? Because yeah, right. forever in that situation, no, I'm just kidding. And so he, he he stays there and then he yells to the jailer, hey, we're still all here, don't worry. And then also with Cornelius, as I said. So I, I wanna give you a couple more. What about this one? This isn't in, in biblical time, but what, what about a guy named Mike Eggie? Mike Eggie, I was his just one. Mike Eggie is the name of the guy that led me to the Lord. And I wasn't an easy one, I'll be honest with you. Um, he, he would come and visit me at my work and I, I would make it unpleasant for him. And part of the reason was I was trying to test his love because he kept coming in and saying, hey, Tom, how you doing? How's things going? Can I buy you lunch? Can I do this? Can I do that? And uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't with the Lord, so I did stuff. At that time, I used to smoke, so I used to open my cigarettes and go, here, you wanna smoke? I knew he would never take it, but I kept trying to test his love. I'd show him things in the place that I work were inappropriate, and he'd always, he wouldn't say, man, you're this or that, he'd just go, oh. He says, hey, show me, and he'd pull me away to some other location. Until I got to a point where I was broken, and I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. And guess whose name popped into my head? Mike Eggie. And I started remembering the things he was saying about this Jesus who transformed his life. And I got to see it take place in Michelle's life, and the next thing you know, at midnight, I'm knocking on his door, there's no lights on, so either no one's home or they're sleeping and he opens the door in his pajamas and I just said, do, do you remember Tell me about Jesus? And he goes, yeah. And I go, man, I think it's time. Because one of the things he asked me or I asked him, I said, why do you keep coming in and visit me? And it's like weird. 
And he said, because one day you're going to accept Jesus, and I hope I get to be the one to pray with you. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I think I said that out loud. And here I am in his living room, praying a prayer with him and receiving Jesus into my life. And I know Mike led more than just one, but that day, that moment, 12 midnight, I was the just one. So that leads me to our last one, which is this. What about, what about you? What about you and the someone who will be your just one? Because I think if we take some time to pay attention to the things that are going on around us, if we take some time to be a little bit more aware, if we take some time to lean into those things, sometimes I feel like if I just put my senses up, you know, my spiritual senses up, I'll get to see more that maybe I wouldn't have seen if I was just going to get coffee or I was just flying to this location or I was just picking up something really fast. You know, one of the things I love, Tyler last week talked about making space and, and we're a little bit too busy. Let's, let's fix that. To be able to see the things that are highlighted, man, that's going to help us so much because I find that when we come to a place where, where we're willing to go, okay, Lord, Am I here for what I think or is there something else? The Lord's gonna open a door because you asked, you're gonna receive, you're gonna seek and you're gonna find and you're gonna knock and the door's gonna be open to you. See, in closing, I wanna say this. We all have this amazing opportunity to use the stories that we have to share with the transformation that we've experienced to tell others about the love of Jesus, to share the good news of the gospel in the way that changed your life. You know, sometimes people go, well, I don't know scripture that well. I don't, tell your story. Because the person you're sharing with, they, they probably don't know scripture very well either. Know scripture, learn, find passages, but just share your heart to those who are around you. I guarantee you there are neighbors, there are coworkers, there are friends, there are family members, there, and the list could go on and on and on. That when we lean into, the Lord's gonna highlight. And just start by interaction, start by being kind, start by loving them. Because just like I was a just one and just like all these people we looked at, I really believe that now's the time for us to see a whole bunch of people come to know Jesus. And he chose to partner with us to see this unfold. Isn't that good news? Because I found, like, like the students I took to downtown Sacramento, once they got a taste of it, man, they're like, when can we do this again? When, when can I? So you can do it every day. You don't have to go with me down to town Sacramento. Do it in just your life. we began to see a tremendous amount of people come to know Jesus. In the first year, we saw like 1,300 people give their life to Christ. Our church grew because of, of people coming to know Jesus. We just kept saying, how, how, do, how can we should? There's no wrong way. What do you, I'm gonna go do it in the prison. Praise God, go. Well, I'm gonna take my family to the park. Great, there's, there's not a wrong way. Do what's in your heart to do. Ask the Lord and he's gonna guide you the rest of the way. Then the second week, we, or the second week, yeah, I wish. The second year, we saw like 3,000 people come to know Jesus. Our church exploded because of new people coming to know Jesus. And in my heart, I feel like the Lord wants to do that again. 
I feel like this opportunity for us to partner with him in just one is to see multitudes and multitudes come to know Jesus. And I also feel like it's gonna be easy. Why? Because his hand is on it. Sometimes you're gonna interact with someone and they might say, yeah, I'm not interested or thanks, but no thanks. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You could be the first quarter of the way in a long race that's gonna come around and you just got to start it. You heard the gun go off, you get to start it. But I think if we take a moment just to look around, we're gonna find a whole bunch of just ones. And again, I wanna encourage you. Man, let's, let's do this together. Let's commit to seeing one person. Let's share the love of Jesus. Let's share the gospel of the good news with just one from now till the end of the year. And let's see what the Lord does. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this amazing partnership that we get to have with you. Or this amazing opportunity that we get to partner with you, connect with you, and see the lives of people transformed. Lord, I thank you for my life, which was transformed. From death to life. From apart from you to with you. And God, it's amazing to me that you would call me to walk with you to see it happen again and again and again with other people. And so Lord, over us as a church, would you give us boldness? Would you give us an awareness to grab hold of what you're putting before us? Lord, help us see the highlights and just to respond simply with whatever it is that you're sharing. God, thank you for what's before us is easy because you're the one who's leading it. Father, we thank you in advance for the many people that are gonna experience transformation because of you. We thank you for that, Lord. As we continue to pray, if you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you've never asked him to transform you, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins and and you're in this place where you realize, I don't know, maybe even like me, broken, like I, I need some, there's, there's gotta be more than what I'm experiencing now. There's gotta be more to life than, than the difficulty that I'm facing or the struggles. And if you're here this morning, maybe today is, is your opportunity. Maybe today is a moment for you to be transformed, to say, Lord, I need you in my life. And if that's you this morning, I wanna pray for you. I'm just gonna ask you to repeat this simple prayer with me, if that's you. Lord, thank you so much for loving me. God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins, to give me an opportunity to experience life. And Lord, this transformation and this amazingness of what you do, I wanna experience. So come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. Teach me and guide me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer today and asked Jesus to come into your life, one, I just wanna say congratulations, that's awesome. Two, I wanna say would you be so bold as to meet me 
outside in the front lobby. We have a sign out there that says, did you accept Jesus? If you prayed that prayer, that's what you did. I would love the opportunity just to say congratulations. And we have a free gift we'd like to give you. It's it's a Bible, it's some resources to help you in your journey on your way. And uh, share anything else you know, love to hear your story. But that'll be right after this service. And if you're watching online and you prayed that prayer today, man, we'd love to give you an opportunity to reach out to us as well. Feel free to email me at tom at northlandschurch.com. Love to congratulate you and and send the package off to you as well. But uh, guys, I'm so excited for what the Lord has before us to do. I hope you are as well. And even today, as we leave, man, look for the highlights. Uh, Be aware and be led this, this morning.